Welcome to the April episode of the International Voices podcast. I am your host and moderator Udo Fluk and I have the honor to oversee the Global Office in Arts Missoula. We started International Voices in February of 2020. To listen to previous episodes, please visit artsmissoula.org, click on Arts Missoula Global, go to Radio and Podcasts and select an episode. International Voices is a monthly podcast brought to you by Arts Missoula and The Trail 1033. This April episode is the third and last in a series that focuses on food as cultural diplomacy. The February and March podcasts highlighted chefs with diverse cultural backgrounds and how the culinary arts have helped them share their culture, spread happiness, connect to others, and create community in addition to providing nourishment. There was a lot of talk about authenticity, the importance of spices, cooking methods, and the importance of creating an environment for the food to be enjoyed. Last month, we featured the United We Eat program, a food initiative that introduces the culinary talent of Missoula's newest neighbors and international residents whose flavorful cooking traditions provide a cultural bridge and enrich our shared community. What came through in the past two podcasts was the passion culinary artists have and need to have in order to produce their tasty creations. While food is one of the oldest tools in the diplomacy toolbox, gastro-diplomacy, food diplomacy, or culinary diplomacy have only during the past couple of decades become more recognized as an official soft power and as an effective means of diplomacy. Being close to others and being engaged in discussions can lead to positive, meaningful connections. And when one adds food to the communication, it can lead to an even greater level of understanding and empathy among those breaking bread together. Today I'm excited to talk to those who oversee and offer programs and courses in the culinary arts and in food service management through the Big Sky Culinary Institute, the leading hospitality and culinary arts school in Montana housed in the Missoula College. I will be visiting with passionate faculty who train, guide, and inspire the next generation of culinary artists. And I will be speaking with students wanting to enter the food and beverage industry and pursue a career in the food services and for learners wishing to advance their cooking skills. When I look at the current state of the world, I realize more than ever that we need to foster positive relations between countries and people. And if food can serve as a tool to promote relationship building, cooperation and peace, something we so desperately need as of late, I think of the French salutation, bon appétit, not only as a course in diplomacy, but also as an encouragement to come together and connect. Well, good afternoon, Udo. It's very nice to have you joining us here at Missoula College. We're, we're very fortunate to, uh, to appear on your podcast today. Uh, my name is Tom Gallagher. I serve as a uh, professor and also the dean at Missoula College. I've um, been at Missoula College now for, for over 20 years, hard to believe. Um, and I, I am very much a big enthusiast of two-year education and the different types of very unique education that takes place um, within the walls and externally in our community um, at Missoula College. Well, Dean Gallagher, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out. I realize deans have a busy schedule, <laughs> and so um, taking the time to talk to me means a lot. Um, I would love to hear more from you about the importance of a culinary program being part of a college program. Absolutely, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about that today. 
We, uh, so much of our, our cultural identity is re revolved around food. Um, some some really kind of obvious things. I'm I'm Irish, and we're fond of St. Patrick's Day, of course, and it brings forward some really really uh, great opportunities to bring people together for. And what's the food you think of from from Ireland? You think of potatoes, you think of cabbage, you think of corned beef, and um, and celebrate it. You right. know, celebrate that heritage. And uh, so we are very fortunate, Zula College, to. Uh, be the home of the Big Sky Culinary Institute. And the Culinary Institute is, is unique and it's one of the few um, institutes that, that exist at two-year colleges across the state of Montana. And we are an ACF accredited program um, that's part of the Big Sky Culinary Institute. So we offer certificates and degrees that go through accreditation process. Uh, we have some tremendous facilities that have been provided by the taxpayers of Montana. So we have three kitchens here at Missoula College. We have a, a wonderful cafe. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a working laboratory, so to speak. Right. We serve food. Right. We serve meals there. Right. And uh, we host events, which we, are prepared in the kitchen here in the facility by our students. By your students. We have the uh, Blackfoot Plaza, mm -hmm. which overlooks uh, the beautiful Clark Fork River here in Missoula. And we host events, we cater events out there. Um, and then we have something really interesting in our library where we host the largest cookbook collection in the state of Montana. I did not know that. <laughs> so that's another kind of uh, piece of the Big Sky Culinary Institute. Um, so it's really, you know, we, we talk about, uh, and, and you're, you're here at a wonderful day today, Udo, because we had our, um, our catering class was uh, doing a, a demonstration, a project where they um, invited all sorts of us folks around the community into the cafe, and we had Mediterranean um, Day where we, we had a wonderful meal um, and, and um, had an opportunity to really celebrate what our students do here. Right, right. Um, when I think of a culinary program, I am thinking of mainly preparing food. But there's a lot more to it than just cooking a recipe and creating a dish. What are some other aspects that, are, that you're proud of that are important and perhaps even cornerstones of the program that um, are not directly food preparation, mm -hmm. but that are very important for a person to be trained to go out into the culinary industry. Sure, great question. So we're, we're a college degree granting institution and we make sure that our students are well armed in the culinary aspect, but I'll also kind of talk about some other areas where it's very important that our students can communicate and um, that they're able to work in teams and work together with others. Um, that for this particular group, that they have some business skills too. You know, right. great restaurants usually don't fail because of their food. Right. There's lots of other reasons right. because. So it, we, we do have an ex extremely comprehensive uh, program in, in culinary arts and, and they say it's it's being learning to become a chef. Right. But there's also other components of it too that are really, really important so that our folks do have those other skills that are, are so desperately needed. Um, technology skills, being able to put together a great menu, being able to, you know, have a little bit of experience with maybe some social media or advertising or marketing or right. those business skills that right. are so important for folks to succeed in this industry as well. We look at folks that are going to move forward into chefs, but there's a variety of different, if you think of that, the wide diversity that exists when somebody moves maybe into like institutional food service, like at a health facility. Right. Versus who another person who might be opening up a, a, a new storefront, Main Street, and we're we're uh, you know serving up the finest cuisine in Montana. Right. We also have this very um, large tourist industry across the state, so right. our our students are, are widely sought after by uh, folks that are are in that 
the, the tourism industries, things like um, dude ranches. Um, I had a really, really interesting call, I think it was about a year ago, from um, a person who had an outfitting business and they, they had some cabins and things like that and they were really begging for us to find the right student that could help supplement their fly fishing and outfitting business and be there on, on at their ranch all summer long. And, and really, what a fun opportunity that would be for, for one of our graduates. Absolutely. Now, I would think that um, your graduates are going everywhere, and not just uh, the state of Montana, but in many other places. Do you have, can you think of some graduates that have gone further away, or probably even far away, that you can say, hey, they learned their trade here, and now they are in wherever. Udo, that's that's tremendous to, you, you just kind of teed me off here, or got me teed up and ready to, to hit the ball. Um, we have a, it was, today we had, we had an opportunity to celebrate students when we had our Mediterranean event, and one of the um, really um, fun parts of that is getting to know the students. When they, they come up to the table service, we always, um, burden them a little bit by making them talk a little bit about themselves and sure. what they're doing. And, sure. and we had a, a student today I was just talking to who's on his way down to Colorado. I think it's somewhere in the Denver region. He's got an offer to, um, to go ahead and join a restaurant down there. Very excited to finish up his degree. We'll, we'll be, uh, we're at the kind of final month or so of, of uh, the semester. Um, and so he's, he was telling me his story. It was really great. Um, and we have people from all over the state of Montana and all across the country that come join the culinary program here too. Right. It's one of the really um, unique attributes of a two-year college. Absolutely. So, um, what I think is is really neat is that uh, you know people might think that um, a chef uh, always goes to a restaurant, but uh, in truth, there is many other um, many other locations for a chef to go and work, a resort, a hotel, um, and you mentioned the tourism industry that I'm sure has very unique uh, uses for chefs. So it's not, it's not always being in the kitchen of a traditional restaurant, but it could be a much wider sense of, of tourism as in a resort or a hotel. Um, where a chef might end up and and might uh, might be able to uh, to practice their culinary skill. Yeah, and you're you're right on with that. That there's uh, um, such a wide variety of opportunities we we have, uh, and and we look across um, you know our borders too, and and look at some of the opportunities internationally to either study abroad right. and and bring the culinary aspect of that together, and that that's a two way street. So folks. Um, potentially coming from other places. We have an inquiry right now with some folks from Spain. That I have an opportunity to travel to the U.S. That's wonderful. And, and uh, join us here at, at uh, Missoula College. So there's these wonderful opportunities all over the place. And Amy was talking a little bit about, um, you know, the different aspects of a culinary education, as in uh, there is the, the food items themselves, there is spices that that may have a very specific, unique function in, in a dish and, and the authenticity of those spices. So one cannot uh, substitute paprika uh, with uh, cayenne pepper. It, it turns out to be a completely different thing <laughs> if one would do that. Um, and so we were talking about the fact that um, it, it is about the ingredients, it is about the, 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 the spices, but it's also about cooking techniques and the mm -hmm. fact that um, when we think of preparing uh, a dish, we might think of doing that in a metal pot that sits on a stove, while uh, in other cultures it may be prepared. I'm thinking of, of New Zealand and I'm thinking mm -hmm. of, you know, you can actually put a pig in the ground. On, on hot coals and cover it up and it will cook just fine and uh, and then you open it up and you have uh, you have cooked meat that wasn't in in a metal pot but that was basically cooking in in the ground sort of a Dutch oven idea but mm -hmm. but you know different so there is so many more aspects to that than just the traditional food preparation but um, even the cooking techniques 
Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And and learning those those different techniques is is really a big part of what education is all about at Missoula College and sure. in our culinary program. And and you hit on something really important. You never want to mix up the paprika and the and the cayenne pepper. It's uh, <laughs> right. I think I've made that mistake maybe a time or two before, and and uh, that doesn't always work in our favor. So, but what are the you know the other piece of it too, uh, Udo, as we we kind of look at the like maybe a more holistic view of the curriculum, our health as human beings is so tightly woven with our the diet we have. Right. And and you look at at across our country right now, I. I think right now we could say that diabetes is is um, you know a substantial problem right and learning how to uh, have a good nutritional balance in right. their meals is really a critical part of this our students all complete at least one course of this and we're we also have uh, you know a very strong health professions program here at, at Missoula College and and there is a bit of you know crossover between those two themes that it's it's food for enjoyment it's food for culture it's food to bring people together right. it's also food for our health right and that's something that we we uh, emphasize as well that we have you know nutritionally balanced um, of offerings for uh, folks in in a you know variety of different situations right so, and I'd like to think that there is, especially in a culinary arts program, um, an important component is community building. And while you could probably take classes online in some other academic fields, and it would work just fine, and it has worked fine for a lot of people, I would like to think there is a certain aspect of camaraderie or cooking together or sharing a meal together at the end that you couldn't replicate if you were doing this virtually right yeah. so how did you deal with COVID? I was that was a, an enormous challenge and I give so much credit to our faculty who did just amazing Herculean effort to continue to educate our students in a variety of different manners and I can tell you Chef Knack we saw her on a, as a robot we have robotic devices where uh, it sounds very futuristic but they're pretty simple they have wheels on it and and they can be controlled and we were using around the kitchen and they have like a, a a screen on the front right. and with uh, using technologies like Zoom, right. um, they're able to move around the kitchen and, and monitor oh, cool. and help students. So that was a really cool, um, sure. we, had a, we had a photo of that that we shared with the, the community and it was, uh, it, it was a real testimony of how committed our faculty were to continue to deliver education in some really, um, really difficult circumstances. But um, we were able to, to persevere, we were able to graduate students. Um, we had there was great learning taking place, but we right. ha really had to modify some different things, and, right. and um, they folks were using their their video cameras on their phones to sure. record things they were doing and to share. And, sure. and then when we could get together, we brought people together as well. Well, I'm sure glad to hear that um, you are back, and your staff is back in the kitchens, and the students are back in the kitchens cooking and creating. Um, culinary artistic um, creations and um, and it's been so nice to talk to you Dean Gallagher any any favorite story or any sort of anecdote that mm -hmm. you could share from the culinary program something that moved you that stuck with you something that was very memorable well I just I, I just talk about we, we mentioned you know the pandemic and how it it really um, it, it really shut our communities down and we we were all impacted by that right um, one of the very very kind of heartfelt uh, kind of things that have taken place this past year is that we well we had shuttered our restaurant and so that's that's a gathering place for people. Right. We shuttered our coffee shop. We have a great coffee shop too, and that was you know it's really hard. And, and we had to, right. you know, I, I walked the building here when I was the only one sometimes to you know while we were doing remote learning and all this. So it just really warms right. warms my heart. Sure. To go down to the coffee shop and we have students there and they're right. you know and they're of course engaged in their their studies and the challenges of the day. Sure. But they have an opportunity to to congregate and smile and 
and laugh and, and be a part of a community. Same thing with our faculty, same thing with our staff, going down to our restaurant and, and just community building, I think is so, you know, kind of baseline for all of us and there's no better way to build a community than to share a meal together. I agree. And uh, we all do it. We share in our homes. Udo, come on over to our house. We'll have dinner tomorrow night. Um, and the same's true here. And so right. now we have like, um, we're, we're building, we're rebuilding community right. in a way that I think people really, really appreciate. It's so nice to see the smiles and the joy and and um, and seeing our students back in their learning lab and, and really being the ones that are, are, are helping drive that. Well, Dean Gallagher, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate our time together. Wonderful. Hi, uh, my name is Katie D'Alessio. I am the Director of Operations and Finance for Missoula College. And I explain my role as um, anything to do with money or people. And I make sure that the doors are open every day and the building is running. So I work it with all faculty and all staff to make sure that the operations are running smoothly and people have what they need to do their job. Wonderful. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining me and for, um, for taking the time to talk to us about, and this would be my first question, when it comes to operations, um, how important is, uh, is an operation with people on location versus a virtual operation? Sure. So it's, it, it was very interesting running an operation, keeping the building going during the pandemic when we were virtual. Uh, there was just a few of us here and we have this amazing facility that's made for students right. because some of our programs are so hands-on and you know, career and technical education. Right. Um, so it was so quiet and so empty and a little sad during the virtual time. So uh, being able to reopen the doors this fall and bring our students back on campus and have our operations running has been amazing, uh, particularly in the culinary area to have um, uh, the coffee bar back up and running and the restaurant and to have the students, the smells, the, the sight, the visual, people are so excited um, to just participate. They just look in the window of the bake shop and see that there's activity in there and they right. come and get a cup of coffee and have a snack prepared by a student and then they get a chance to talk to the students. Um, it's made everybody happier this year and excited. Sure. Sure. And you're bringing up a good point, and that is that um, when you prepare a meal, it's not only the taste of the meal, but it's also the the fragrance that is in the air. That For sure. That comes from cooking with certain spices and with certain yes. ingredients, that if I'm imagining this in a virtual setup, that part would be completely lost. Correct. I mean, you could probably get around some other aspects, but the Mm -hmm. the, the fragrance part would be completely impossible. Right. So having that, being able to, to walk into a kitchen facility and take in a certain mm -hmm. smell or preparing a certain meal that has a very unique um, fragrance to it yes. must be rewarding to say the least sure. for the people preparing it. I would hope so and I know for the people who aren't directly involved like myself or staff right. when we walk in the door and smell we know oh this week must be barbecue week or must right. be something happening because we smell it too and get excited and right. um, get to be a part of it. Right. So yes that aspect is so amazing. And I've heard from many people that I talk to that, um, that are that are traveling to, to um, other countries, that oftentimes that's the convincing part <laughs> is you walk down a street in a foreign location and a door is open or a window is open and you smell something <laughs> that you haven't smelled before and you go, I wanna try I wanna this. try, exactly. Much more so convincing than probably a sandwich board that says, try our new recipe sure. and you kind of go, well, mm, yeah. Yes. But smelling it and, and mm -hmm. having a certain, for lack of a better word, stimulant that's happening sure. that triggers your, oh, I actually Yes, that eat. smells delicious. I right. would like to try. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's an aspect that, um, that in many other cultures is really an important one. And uh, and so whenever people have told me about oh I was you know I was walking down the street in Italy, and mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't actually really hungry, but then <laughs> but. once once <laughs> I had 
you know, certain smells in my nose, I decided I needed to yes. try that pasta or yes. I needed to try that pizza. And, um, and so I can only imagine a facility like a college that has a program like the culinary program, mm -hmm. a big part of it is actually that aspect of yes. it. And to be able to be fully with all senses, Correct. probably. Correct. I was thinking the same thing. I, I'm thinking, without going through all the programs in my mind, that may be the only program where scent really is a key component, right. you know. But it's the things coming together. And I talked to Chef Knack about this earlier, and she was mentioning um, the preparation today of a Middle Eastern yes. um, three-course meal. Correct. And when I was meeting her downstairs, there was still traditional Middle Eastern music playing in the sound system. Yes. And so I was sitting there, and I could pick up on some of the smell that was lingering in mm -hmm. the kitchen. But I also thought how nice right? they were carefully designing this to even yes. match the audio experience right. with the sensory experience. Yes. I mean, you guys think of everything. <laughs> We try. I mean, I've been able to be a part of the program as an employee of the college, but also with my accounting background, I sometimes guest lecture for a, um, the purchasing and cost controls class. So I've been able to be with the students and the chefs really try to teach them all the things to think about, not just cooking, but plating it to make it visually appear uh, right. appealing. Right. And yes, the, when, when your customers are in your space, have the music or create the ambiance. So right. it really is the whole package. It's right not just a cooking right. it's the the entire cuisine and um, everything you pick up with your eyes your ears your tongue yes. your nose and yeah um, any anecdotes any stories that you have that are particularly memorable that you would like to share anything where you would say oh you know this was just a great experience that a student had or or one of those meals like today that are prepared for the community? Anything that you want to share in that regard? Um, I don't get to work with a lot of the students in my side, so I'm, but I have had uh, immense pleasure. I've been able to guest judge sometimes when the students do their final presentation. Oh, tell us about that. How does sure. that work? So at the end of a class, it could be the end of a semester, sometimes their classes are in blocks, so at the end the students may have to prepare a meal like today's, but each student may have to come up with their own. And then they'll get a panel of judges, community members, faculty, staff um, from the college to sit in and the student has to serve you. They bring it out, they, have, they present you with a menu and um, they set the table and then they serve their meal and then you have um, a score sheet and right. you tally and help with their final grade and that's been the most fun because you get to see the student they go through the whole process right. and then I've got to try foods I would have never had on my own it wouldn't be something I would cook at home so you're experiencing something amazing right and you get to be part of the students journey and see how far they've come throughout the semester and so. an important part indeed because you are evaluating exactly something you're providing feedback yes. to the student mm -hmm. and that feedback uh, can tell a person a lot about how they're doing what they can improve correct Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a that's a very important component of the whole thing. Yes. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank it was you. A pleasure talking to you and mm. all the best. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Amy Knack. I am a chef instructor at the Big Sky Culinary Institute here in Missoula College in Missoula, Montana. Um, I have been a teacher here for seven years, um, this this graduation will be my seventh graduation, um, with a couple of year hiatus in between there, but um, I'm back. And I now can say that I've pretty much taught every single class that we offer through the program. Um, I, by trade, am a pastry chef, um, so that is has always been my passion and focal point. Um, but now I do teach all of the savory classes, you know, sanitation, restaurant management, the whole gambit. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. And um, after this introduction, of course, the question that comes immediately to mind is, what program are we talking about? And how long has the program been part of the Missoula College? And how did it start? So the Big Sky Culinary Institute actually just renamed several years ago, but the Missoula College Culinary Arts Program offers two different degrees. There's an associate's degree and a certificate, and they vary in length depending on what you want to go for. Okay. Um, I believe that this program has been in Missoula for almost 20 years. Okay. It's been around for a long time. <clears throat> 
Um, what are the unique strengths of the program um, that, that is the reason why students enroll in it? What do you do that is making the program a unique offering? Our program here in Missoula is the only um, American Culinary Federated um, certified school in Montana and the surrounding states. So that's a big draw because the ACF, you know, they have specific regulations and criteria to keep your certification. So students know that they're going to get a particular education level when they come here. And where do students go when they get there, when they graduate from here? Um, what are some examples of what students have done? We had a student go down to South America to work on a fly fishing um, ranch. We've had a, we had students go over to the London area. Um, one of them worked at a one Michelin star restaurant as an intern and stayed on there. Wow. We have a lot of students from our local area that want to start their own business and stay in the community. Um, so there's a wide range. Sure. Is there an international component to the Culinary Institute? We, I try to encourage, our students have an internship that they have to do. That's okay. part of their education. Okay. Um, I am the strongest supporter of international if they can do it because I think that that's one, one a really amazing way to travel. But then Agreed. also just the exposure to not only different food, but the cultures that are out there brings students back for their second year with a completely different perspective. Um, we do cook some international food in our program as well. Today, I just, my catering class put on a Middle Eastern three course meal um, for um, guests that came in and um, Wow. That was all, those were all authentic um, recipes from Turkey and the surrounding area. So we try to incorporate and sprinkle some of the international flavors in. Our program is primarily French-based okay. um, because a lot of those techniques translate to everything. But sure. we do try to bring in international flavors as much as possible. So when you say a three-course meal, is that something that... Uh, the community could experience by coming here and eating that meal and how would that work? So this one was specifically by invite only. Ah, um, right. Since COVID has sort of rocked our world, we've been doing invites just to make sure we know who's comfortable with being in the scenario. Now sure. that we're starting to open up, there will be invitations out to various community groups, um, the general public. We're going to eventually hopefully get back to a mailing list that we can blast people with the emails, the social media, so that we can offer those things. We're just a little shy on personnel right. <laughs> right now. But there is a restaurant in the Missoula College that um, that students get a chance to practice in yes. and um, practice their culinary art skills. And then the restaurant is open to the community, right? Yes. So our the Blackfoot Cafe is open Monday through Friday from I believe nine till two. Okay. And it's typical American fare. You know, we are really catering to the other Missoula College students and the people in the area that want to come in for lunch. Um, but we have students that work in the kitchen. For in, I mean, they work with Matt Parkey, who is the manager of the restaurant, and so they're getting real line experience in there on top of their education. So describe to me for uh, those listeners that are not that familiar with culinary programs. A culinary program is something different from just learning how to prepare a meal. I mean, I could do that by having a recipe book at home, right? <laughs> right. And I could go, okay, three eggs, I'll do that, um, sugar, flour, and whatever, and then I mix that. What is, what is unique about a culinary program? Probably any culinary program, but specifically the one that you're running here. So, you know, everybody, hopefully everybody can read a recipe, right? So one would hope. One, one would hope. Um, what we do is we train people who are potentially going into the industry. So they're, it's the service industry. They're gonna work in restaurants, they're gonna work in bakeries, they're going to work in places where it is um, a professional environment, um, not just cooking at home. And with that, there's an intensity of, um, 
motivation and sense of urgency that I don't necessarily cook with a sense of urgency when I'm cooking my dinner. Right. But we ha you're serving guests who expect their food on the table within a certain amount of time. And so we teach them the speed and skill right. to work in restaurants. Also, we teach them the wide basis of techniques so that, I mean, in my baking and pastry class, sometimes I'll just give them a list of ingredients and say, you figure out what technique you're supposed to use. Okay. So it really makes them think about, okay, well, I'm gonna make cookies this way, you know, whatever technique. So there is a so certain it, creativity it, aspect to this. More chemistry and specifics so uh -huh. that you know to outline. So if I gave you a rice and told you to make a peel-off method, you would know exactly what to do without having to have a list of instructions. Okay. So we teach the methodology of the food. Okay. Um, and then with those basic techniques, then they get to be creative with that. I see. So aside from this, um, is it also about knowing uh, the food itself, the history of a recipe, the background, the authentic ingredients that a recipe calls for, are all those things part of the knowledge base that a student is working on? Yeah, we, um, we have actually a um, food identification class when we do our storeroom management where we take a whole bunch of spices and lay them out and we'll take various rices. I mean, there's so many different kinds of rice. And we do, we talk about regions where they come from, you know, how they're particularly grown. And it that class is specific to ingredient knowledge, but then also like when we were doing our Middle Eastern meal today, we talk about the culture and the history that goes behind it as well. So how important are the ingredients? Is it something that um, is easily available or are there things where you say, oh, we have to order that. This is a special thing we don't have and we want to make sure that the recipe and the result of the cooking of the recipe is as authentic as we can be. Authentic is always the best. Right. Um, we have living here in Montana a little bit of a problem with getting a lot of seasonally ripe ingredients that don't necessarily exist here in January. Right. Um, you know, Amazon is our friend in a lot of cases. Like we we do order from local purveyors, but there are certain specialty items sure. where you can't get, and so maybe someone drives to Spokane, maybe someone orders it off the internet. Right, um, but that is- We try to be as true as, as possible. Right, yeah. okay. Um, as far as the length of the program, um, is this a multi-year, the certificate program, is that a multi-year program? And um, how does that, if somebody listening to this is interested, how does that, how, do, how would you go about it? So the, the certificate program is, as of next year, going to be a two semester, so okay. one school year. Okay. Um, and that will get you the lab instruction and the techniques, um, sanitation, knife skills, that right. sort of thing. And then if you want to do the associates, that was a whole nother year, another two semesters. Um, and that one, that gives you more of the managerial side. Okay. Um, you're still cooking and learning techniques, but it's much more managerial focused. Okay. So there's really a multi-step process to mm. this. There is the in the kitchen, hands-on cooking things, and mm -hmm. then there is the how would I manage a restaurant or how would I manage a larger dinner gathering, things mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Food costing, you know, how, how to write budgets and business plans and that sort of thing. Right. Um, do you have any favorite uh, anecdotes or stories that you would like to share from your many years of being in the industry, uh, something that was memorable, uh, probably a meal that uh, that was mm. prepared for uh, a group or a certain individual that was memorable or a student that did something that was um, just something that you still remember from from years past. I don't know if I have any specific examples, but I think the joy for me in the industry is always seeing the reaction of someone who enjoys it and gets it. Right. There are, I mean, everybody likes to eat good food. Right. There's no question about that. But the, um, the moment when 
you just see the pure joy come over them, you know that you did well. So right. seeing other people's happiness is number one. Right. With the students, it's really, really awesome to watch them from the first day and then watch them graduate and see how different they right. are. Right. And the accomplishment that they see in themselves. Right. Like my students today were like, that meal was the best meal we've made. And I was like, well, I would hope so. Right. <laughs> I would hope that this one's better than the last one because that's why you're here, but sure. they get really excited when they know they do well, right. and that's that brings me joy. I think when I think about educational pathways, there's obviously um, pathways that are um, taking longer to see, see the result in or be rewarded with because it may be more of a theoretical thing, and so you're studying something that doesn't have an immediate product or result. Mm -hmm. I always think of the culinary arts as something that if you wanted to have a happy experience like within the next half hour, cook something because you can do something amazing out of a whole bunch of ingredients that don't mean, really mean anything as they're standing mm -hmm. on the kitchen counter. But within a short period of time, whatever that is, half an hour, an hour, you could come up with something that immediately shows you that you've done something and you have a result to show mm -hmm. for and to share with others, which I think is so cool when, when yeah. you think about some things that take, you know, you have to be patient because you're yes. studying something right now that may pay off years later. But the culinary arts is something where if you wanted to feel happiness, and and uh, and have a full tummy. Yes. Uh, you know, there's instant gratification almost. Yes. And we're you know, this is something that is not is not the case in many other um, academic areas where you know it could take much longer. Sure. So I think just that must be nice for for students to go. Well, I learned about it half an hour ago, and now I did it, mm -hmm. and now I taste it, and it tastes pretty good. Yep. So. Yeah, they get that immediate gratification from that first dish, but then also through, as you progress through your career, I mean, there are still moments where, I mean, I'm still learning every day. I'm learning from the students. Sure. I'm learning just cooking myself. And so that curve doesn't just stop at the immediate gratification. It continues through your entire career. Right. I just, I love it. Right. No, that, and I appreciate your feedback because as a person that has been active in the culinary arts for as long as you have, I'm sure there is, uh, there is a certain gratification that comes with um, being involved in the culinary arts versus something else. Mm -hmm. So I cannot imagine doing anything else. It's a rough and tumble world, right. but I still can't imagine doing anything else. So right. that's true love. <laughs> I always, you know, when I, when I talk to um, individuals from other cultural backgrounds and we did in um, in the last two podcast episodes in March and in February um, I always try to understand the importance of food in a culture and there are cultures that um, you would be well advised not to reject any food off yes and um, and actually, even if you're full, it would be a good idea to um, to allow for a second helping or a third because it complements the chef. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole sort of, you know, there's a complexity to the preparation and the consumption of food. Yes. And then I always think that perhaps other cultures lack a little bit in that because people just eat for the purpose of nourishing the body so that fueling can, the body rather than the body having so that they can power through mm -hmm. till five o'clock or till whatever hour of the day or, right. or night when they're done and so they're not looking at food as as much of anything outside of fuel to run the engine how what is your view on that I love to eat food way too much to just look at fueling the body. Um, my family, we travel to eat. So we, you know, we'll take a trip to New York City or to San Francisco or Mexico. 
we're planning where we're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, wow. and then we'll maybe fit in an activity right. or a beach day. You know, there could be a museum somewhere. Before. Yeah, but that's second. You know, the first the first priority is really food, and and culturally, like I want to immerse myself in the cultural food. I don't want to go eat at an American food restaurant when we go to Mexico. Like I want the most authentic taco joint I can find. Right. Um, and it, it really is just for the experience of the food because that's my form of entertainment. Sure. I go to eat. I want to go have a nice dinner downtown. That's my night. That's my date. Right. I'm not going to the movies after. I'm not going to the show. I'm right. going to eat This food. is the main attraction. Yeah. I find the cultural focus around food really attractive and really sentimental just because it brings people together. They're, eating food is like smiling. It's universal and everyone, whenever someone smiles, you're going to smile back. Like You know that, that that genuine feeling. When people share food, it's the same warmth and family Boy, love. Boy, I really like that. That's a, that's a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you couldn't go wrong. No. You couldn't misinterpret a smile. Mm -mm. And you couldn't misinterpret a good meal. Yeah. That's, a, that's an excellent point, I thought of that. <laughs> the romantic in me. Well, no, that, I think that's great, that's great. And that, there, I think, would be the other uh, component, sort of the emotional part mm -hmm. that comes with food consumption again. Yes. Not just for giving the body fuel, but there is a certain compassionate aspect to, to food and mm -hmm. food preparation and an emotional connection to food. and. Um, I'm always amazed when, when people tell me about how this connects them to their childhood or the way their grandmother prepared a certain mm -hmm. meal or, and this may be, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, but that specific dish or that specific spice brings them back to something that has happened long, long time mm -hmm. ago. And I'm always thinking, how is this even possible? But um, I had over the uh, last several years, uh, several people that, that have mentioned that. Uh, sometimes during meals that I had with them, they said, oh, this reminds me of right. you know, something that I ate as a kid and I haven't eaten that in so mm -hmm. long, um, but this brings me back to this pleasant memory. So there is this immediate emotional connection to food. Yes. Very much. Well, Amy, thank you. Of course, it's my pleasure. So much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, it's so great to um, have you be part of the podcast. And thank you so much for your insights and for sharing um, your background and experiences <laughs> with us. And um, all the best. Thank you very much. Is there a certain greeting that chefs have uh, where, <sighs> you know, you, you're kind of from one chef to another, you... You, you wish them the best or you wish them success? Is there... Um, um, I don't know if there's an actual... To a full measuring cup? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> is there something like that? Probably Bon Appetit, but that would be... We'll go with that. I will... Um, That's much more refined than to a full measuring cup. <laughs> bon Appetit. Amy, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Matt Parkey. I'm the restaurant director for the Big Sky Culinary Institute here at the Missoula College. Um, I came on board with the team uh, the beginning of August of this last year. Um, I've been in some form of the service industry for over 30 years now. Um, started when I was 15 years old working at a Little Caesars Pizza. Um, uh, I'm not getting paid for that, um, but <laughs> uh, but have been in you know have been in and out of the, the service industry pretty much the entirety of my life. I always joke that this industry chose me; I didn't choose it <laughs> um, because it's definitely it's been it's been something that you know I've I've been passionate about and have shown some proficiency in and have, have very much enjoyed throughout the years. So, well, thank you, Matt, for being part of the podcast today. And I, I would like to ask you about the importance of having a creative outlet called a restaurant. Right. Um, and it seems to me that there are programs that focus on the theoretical part of something. And students can learn the theory, but there may be a lack of practice. Right. 
from talking to your colleagues today, what appears to me is an incredible benefit to the Missoula College and particularly to the culinary program is the fact that it's not all theory, but that students have the opportunity to take what they learned and practiced and have a real outlet where people from the community can come. And so, mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit more about the importance from your perspective as the manager of the restaurant on, um, on having a restaurant in a culinary facility? It, it's kind of a new endeavor for me, but there's a lot of things that throughout my career, it's, it's lined up very well. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we've seen through the years is, you know, take example, the daily special. You know, there's there's some restaurants that thrive on that. There's some restaurants that don't like that at all. You know, and the, and the big reason that I've always been a proponent of it is because, you know, this this is uh, cooking is an art. You know, it, it's right. a form of an art form. There's right. a lot of creativity that goes involved with it. You know, right. there's a lot of personality and there's a lot of uh, heart and passion that goes into to, to when people cook. Right. Um, you know, if you're just having to cook somebody else's food all the time, you know, it makes it hard to try to you know enjoy what you're doing and sure. appreciate that. Sure. You know. So by by being in this, you know, we're really kind of opening some of the students' eyes to, you know, what's going to be next for them. You know, they see a lot of the book stuff and they, they look at that and go, okay, this is how I juliana carrot or this is how I torne a potato or this is a demi-gloss or this is an espanol. You know, they, they, they learn all this stuff. But being able to actually apply that to, you know, a, a beautiful plate or a beautiful table setting or, you know, trying to tell a story with their food. Right. You know, that, that's when having the restaurant and having the, to be in the, in the experience and, and having that experiential learning, you know, the hands-on, right. um, that, that becomes invaluable. You know, you've seen, I, I'm sure you've seen it, the, the Escoffier Institute for uh, Online Culinary School. I don't understand how that works myself, right. you know, where you can, you know, take a culinary school online and right. become certified. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're checking boxes and, you know, doing all the qualifications and whatnot. But how does that apply to then taking that piece of paper that you get and go out into the world right. and, you know, become a member of a, of a team right. that, that wants you to, you know, be creative and, and be a positive force in their, in their restaurant or in their environment. Right. So. And it seems to me from an outside perspective that, um, that it's really a crucial part in learning, in learning anything, is the ability to apply the learning to solve a problem or to create mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. or to, you know. So when that part's missing, it's only sort of half the fun. Right. And probably even half the reward too. Right. Where if you have, if you close the, the circle there and you actually not only preparing something, but you're also feeding somebody mm -hmm. with that creation, then it must be a very fulfilling experience for a student to say, I learned this in class, but I also had a chance to actually practice right. my craft. Right. We do have a few of the students that are, um, you know, in various levels of the program now that are working for us um, for the cafe right now right. or for the bake shop or working right. upstairs for the coffee bar. Uh, and it's been great to see them be able to take their book knowledge and what they're learning in class and then see them actively apply it to something as they're working on the line and they're actively, you know, making meals or right. creating specials, you right. know. We like to challenge them and be like, hey, you know, I need a special today. I need a soup today. You sure. know, what are you going to make me? Sure. Um, they're like, what? I was like, you know, you, you know what you need. Right. You've got it all here. Right. Let's, let's make it happen today. Right. Um, for people that are listening to this podcast, how can they experience that themselves? In other words, does one need a reservation? Can you just come to the restaurant for lunch as a community member? How does that work? Uh, currently, uh, we're open 9 to 2, Monday through Friday. Okay. Uh, and we're open to everyone. Okay. You know, a lot of people think that just because we're in the college, you know, that it's, that it's just for the students or just for the culinary program. 
we're, we, we, we will feed anyone that comes in the door. <laughs> that's a very nice attitude. You know, uh, well, and that's something, you know, my, my, my chef and I that have worked together for a good 10 years or so, um, you know, we, we, <laughs> we make stuff taste good. And, right. that, and that's what we enjoy to do. Right. You know, that's part of our passion. And so that's, somebody can come in here and have uh, a late breakfast mm -hmm. or uh, a lunch, mm -hmm. but you're not open for dinner. Not currently, no. Okay. So you know, in the uh, afternoon after lunch. with 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 the way that the world's been in the last few years, you know, and the, I mean, even the industry is cha changing. You know, Absolutely. I don't know if you've tried to go to Taco Bell at eight o'clock on a Friday night, but they're closed. You know, right. it's it, right. uh, that's unheard of in my mind. You right. know, used to be a twenty four seven kind of establishment, Absolutely. and you know, we're we're really running into some strange things, but. Um, the industry as a whole is changing, you know, I mean, the people are willing to pay for convenience and they're willing to stay at home and, right. you know, we've got things like ghost kitchens that are, that are showing up now that, you know, is just a, you know, it's basically a restaurant without a seating area. So you can order stuff online and they make the food and it gets delivered to your house or you come pick it up, right. you know, right. um, there's a, you know, you read stories about some of the big chefs in LA and stuff that have, you know, shut down three of their restaurants, combine their, their big hitters into one localized kitchen right. and then have certain hours during the day that they offer those items. Right. So they're kind of, you know, maximizing all their, you know, good things sure. without having sure. to worry about some of the, you know, rent or overhead or front of the house staff or some of that kind of thing. Absolutely. So, but yeah, we, we, we will feed everyone. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt, um, for talking to me today yeah. and, uh, and for running the restaurant. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, I like to, I like to think that we give people opportunities and not just give them jobs. Right. You know, because this is kind of a creative based, you know, right. um, uh, atmosphere, you know, and everybody loves a good story, you know. Right. And one of your colleagues said earlier that, you know, the fact that there is instant, uh, instant gratification, instant reward, mm -hmm. because it's not something that you need to wait for a long time to actually see the result. Right. Um, you know, you create something and it's immediately there for somebody else to enjoy, uh, to share with other people, what have you. But the fact that it's something that, uh, you know, there's, there is a use of it that is right around the right. corner and not something that, you know, you need to be patient to enjoy down the road. Right. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that, that uh, look at an open kitchen, you know, and, and are afraid of an open kitchen. You right. know, they're like, oh, people are going to watch us cook or any right. of that kind of thing. I love it because as a cook, you can look out as you set food down and watch somebody eat, right. you know, and see their reactions see the and, expression. you know, right. the, the way they shake their head or they close their eyes or, right. you know, they're, they're going someplace else. They've got a memory of something that's coming back they're you know experiencing something new for the first sure. time you know I sure. mean that that's that's wonderful and I think that's also great you know from a student perspective of being able to you know make a soup and then watch somebody eat it and Absolutely. go wow this is good right oh right. look what I did I made this good soup and, and people like it right. you know right. uh, the the affirmation on that is just fantastic well again thank you Matt for your time no problem all the best and bon appetit <laughs> merci <laughs> All right, I am now in the kitchen facility of the uh, Missoula College, the culinary program, and I'm actually right now watching students in the culinary program um, prepare what looks to be dead fish. Um, so uh, could you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you enrolled in the culinary program? Okay, so currently we are butchering some Arctic char fish. We got them whole, so head on complete fish. And I'm currently cutting, um, I'm filleting the fish so we can get our portioned out for our dish that we're gonna make tomorrow. Um, but currently I just got both my fillets off the spine and I am now cutting the rib cage off of each filet. Um, so you can just get that chunk of meat that is gonna get, look perfect on the plate. Um, just gotta get that rib cage removed. Um, but the reason why I had enrolled in this program and I, why I am in this program is I, I love cooking and I love being able to have like a direct impact on like what I'm doing and be able to see the f 
the products that I'm making and watch people enjoy them and I love enjoying food myself but also I think food is a big thing that can bring people together and there's a lot of love in it and I ultimately joined this program because of my great grandma who was always just a big cook for all of our family gatherings and she um, had a little recipe book of um, recipes that she would make each holiday and I found it after she passed and she had put um, little notes about um, each recipe and how each grandkid liked it and that that was just um, that really made me realize how much like love can be in cooking and not even just with family like it's really something that you can like put your heart into and put all this emotion and have it actually be something and bring people together and people can enjoy the food and I just I just love every aspect of the culinary world um, yeah thank you so much yeah thank you I now have moved on from the student I just talked to that was preparing the salmon and filleting the salmon to another student in the culinary program and she is busy which, um, with, with what looks like mussels. Yep. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and why you enrolled in the culinary program at the Missoula College. Uh, okay, so basically what I'm doing right now is checking to see if these mussels are alive or if they're dead from you know traveling the amount that they traveled and if they're alive we're gonna cook them tomorrow and if they're they're dead they're already spoiled so they have to go into the trash um, which is unfortunate but part of the process um, I, th I think kind of the biggest reason that I joined the culinary program was I've just always cooked. I've always liked it. It's always been something I've liked to do. Um, it seemed like an obvious career choice. Um, but more than that, it was like such an easy way to bring people together. I have a really giant family. There's a ton of us. There's seven siblings. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of us, so uh, sometimes it's hard to like get people together all in one space and like hang out, and um, a big way to do that is uh, holidays with a lot of food involved, or a barbecue, or you know, food just revolves around so many family things, which is such an important part of my life, so it was um, mostly just because for me it was an, an easy choice, but more, more so as well part of bringing the family together so thanksgivings must be fun in your family they're super fun my mom actually gave me the reins to cook the whole meal this next year so i'm pretty stoked about that Wow. <laughs> we'll see how it goes now um food preparation and i talked with um uh, faculty members about this before uh, in the podcast is not only fueling an engine and, and nourishing a body, right. but there is a lot more to it. What does it mean to you to prepare food? Uh, for me, it's an artistic out outlet. Um, I've always liked to be artsy and, and stuff like that, but uh, God help me, I can't draw at all. So, uh, you know, I had to find a new outlet and um, turns out cooking is one of those things. You know, garnishing a plate can become very artistic and right. it's really fun. I mean, it's like, the spoon is your paintbrush almost. So it's pretty like cool. That. Yeah. Because a lot of people, I don't think, um, when they think of the arts, necessarily think of cooking being an art form. Right. But there's a reason why uh, people call it the culinary arts, because yeah. it is really a creative outlet, like you said, and it does something much more than. Than, than cooking a, a meal. I would agree. I would fully agree that it's an art form. Definitely. Um, what is special about a seafood preparation? And, I, and I, I'm looking at you and I see how carefully you're looking at each muscle to make sure that it is indeed closed yes. before it goes into the good bucket versus if it's open and it goes into the bad bucket that needs to be discarded. But right. what is sort of 
the seafood, is that different from other food preparation? Um, I guess in a sense just because you're more careful about it. I mean seafood has a tendency to make people more sick more often than other food groups so I feel like the need to be more careful and more thorough is definitely there. Um, but I would also say that the same you know when when you care about what you're serving the same amount of care goes into prepping other foods I mean right. you're always going to make sure that your your beef looks well and is marbled beautifully sure. and you know those things are also as important but I, I do think it's more so important with seafood what are you planning to do if I may ask when you're done you have your degree your certificate what what are your plans for the future um, I want to have my fair share in fine dining. Um, I think that that would be fun. It's a nice thing to have on your tool belt. I've worked in semi-fast food uh, before, so time to do something new. Right. Um, and then when that chapter is closed, I'd really like to own my own food truck and serve high-end, uh, high-quality uh, food out of a food truck. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Of course. All the best, and I, I am pretty sure this is going to be an incredible meal. <laughs> I so, hope so. Good luck with everything. I would like to thank all the participants of the February, March, and this April episode of International Voices for their participation, for sharing their passion, their culture, heritage, traditions, and for feeding the members of our communities. Those of you who have listened to previous recordings of International Voices know that I always close with a German farewell. Dankeschön fürs Zuhören. I hope you will tune in again next month to another episode of International Voices. Voices.